0: to Show 7 of the LifeSpring White Christmas Show for 2010. I'm Steve Webb, your host. Let's jump straight into the music and this funky Christmas tune. It's Cool Yule by Chris Daniel and the Kings. <laughs>
1: Merry Christmas. From Coney Island to the Sunset Strip Somebody's gonna make a happy trip tonight While the moon is bright Gonna have a bag of crazy toys to give to all the little girls and boys. So dig, Santa comes on big. Here comes the collar when the snow's the most, and all you cats are sleeping warm as toast. And you gonna flip when Old Saint Nick plays a lick on the peppermint stick? It comes a flying from a higher place. The stock is by the fireplace, so you have a yule that's cool. Yeah, let the kings blow. Strip, somebody's gonna make a happy trip tonight while the moon is bright. He's gonna have a bag of crazy toys to give the all little girls and boys. So, dig, Santa comes on big, take it out. Comes calling when the snow's the most, and all you cats are sleeping warm as toast. You gonna flip when Old Saint Nick plays a lick on a peppermint stick? He comes flying from a higher place, fills stockings by the fireplace. So you have a yule that's cool. Oh yes, you will have a cool yule. <laughs>
2: I think that's a great version of that song and it features the person in our Christmas custom today, the big guy in the red suit himself, Santa. Well Santa was first known as St Nicholas and he was a 4th century bishop in Myra, a town in what's now Turkey. He was a very kind man and had a reputation for helping the poor and giving secret gifts to people who needed help. The most famous story about how St Nick started giving presents also tells of how the custom of hanging up stockings to get presents in might have started. It goes like this. There was a poor man who had three daughters. He was so poor that he didn't have enough money for a dowry, so his daughters couldn't get married. So one night, Nicholas secretly dropped a bag of gold down the chimney and into the house for the oldest daughter, so she was able to get married. This was repeated with the second daughter. Finally, determined to discover the person who had given him the money, the father secretly hid by the fire every evening until he caught Nicholas dropping in a bag of gold. Nicholas begged the man not to tell anybody what he'd done, because he didn't want to bring attention to himself. But soon the news got out, and whenever anyone received a secret gift, it was thought that it might have come from Nicholas. Now what about the stockings? Well, the bag of gold fell into the girls' stockings that were hanging by the fire to dry. St Nicholas' day is on the 6th of December, and is widely celebrated in Europe, especially in the Netherlands, where he's better known as Sinterklaas. On St Nicholas's Eve the 5th, children in Holland and some other European countries leave their clogs or shoes out to be filled with presents, and you can find out more about Sinterklaas on the Holland page at whychristmas.com. When the Dutch settlers went over to America, they took Sinterklaas with them, and the name Sinterklaas was slowly changed into Santa Claus. Good old St Nick became popular again in the Victorian era, when writers, poets and artists rediscovered the old stories. In the news stories and pictures about him, his bishop's robe soon became the hat and coat that he wears today. In 1882, the famous poem A Visit From St Nicholas was written, and this is where we first learnt the names of his eight reindeer, and they became really well-known in the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, written in 1949. While some people say that Santa lives at the North Pole, but people in Finland strongly disagree, they're sure that he lives in the north of Finland, in Lapland. If you go to santaupdate.com on Christmas Eve, you can follow Santa's progress around the world as he delivers his presents.
0: Well, Santa might be the big present giver today, but he got the idea from some very special characters in the Christmas story, and it's them we're hearing about in today's final part of the Christmas story. when jesus was born a brand new bright star appeared in the sky some wise men in a faraway country saw the star they were very clever men that studied the stars
2: i say that's a rather bright star up
0: there indeed let me have a look in the old manuscripts to see if it means anything i've already found something listen to this a star in that part of the sky At this time of year means that a new and very important king has been born in Judea. So, knowing how important this event was, they set out to find the new king and bring gifts. The wise men followed the star towards the country of Judea. When they got to the capital, Jerusalem, they began to ask people, Where is the child who is born to be the king of the Jews?
2: We've seen a special star and have come to see him. And we brought presents.
0: When Herod, the king of Judea, heard this, it made him very angry to think that someone might be going to take his place as king. So he called the wise men to the palace and tried to trick them.
2: Hello, my good fellows. Please go and follow the star until you find the new king. And when you'll find him, come and let me know where he is, so that I can go and worship him. But Herod really had an
0: evil plan to kill the new king and wanted to use the wise men to find him. The wise men followed the star towards Bethlehem, where the old writing said that the king would be born. It seemed to stop and shine down directly over the house where Jesus and his family were now living. The wise men entered the house and found Jesus with Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. The wise men spread the gifts they had brought before Jesus. The gifts were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In a dream, the wise men were warned by God about Herod's trick and evil plan, so they returned home to their countries in the east by a different way. When the wise men had gone, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up quickly and escape to Egypt with Jesus and Mary. King Herod wants to kill him. Stay there until I tell you it's safe to come back. So Joseph got up, took Jesus and Mary, and during the night they left for Egypt, where they stayed until Herod died. When Herod realized that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was furious and gave orders to kill all the boys aged two or younger in Bethlehem and the surrounding area. This was to try and kill the new king, as his plan to find the location of the new king from the wise men had failed. After Herod had died, Joseph had another dream in which an angel appeared to him. Get up. Take Jesus and Mary and go back to Israel, for the people who tried to kill Jesus are dead. So Joseph got up, took Jesus and Mary, and they went back to Israel. But when they heard that Herod's son was now king of Judea, Joseph was afraid to go there. So instead, they returned to live in their old town of Nazareth. That's quite a story, a long journey, meetings in a royal palace, finally finding the king they were looking for, but not where they thought they'd find him, and then a secret return home. I guess most people picture the wise men, along with the shepherds, Mary, Joseph, and of course the baby Jesus, all cramped into a little shed, but in fact, the wise men and the shepherds would probably never even have met. The wise men traveled to find Jesus when he was actually aged one or two. By this time, Mary, Joseph and Jesus had settled in Bethlehem and lived in a normal house.
2: The wise men would have traveled from somewhere in the area which is now made up of Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia and the Yemen. Back then it was known as Persia, Arabia and Sheba and they were indeed wise men. They are also called the Magi. And that word comes from the Greek word magos, which is where we get the English word magic from. And the Greek word magos actually comes from an old Persian word magaputi. And that was the title given to priests in a sect of the ancient religion called Zoroastrianism. Today, we'd probably call them astrologers or even scientists. They were experts in astronomy and astrology, which to most scholars back then were part of the same study. And they really would have followed the patterns of the stars religiously. They were also very rich and been held in high esteem, even by people who weren't from their country or region. Although they're called the Three Kings, the Bible doesn't actually say anything about the numbers of the wise men, or even that they were kings. The wise men became three because that's the number of presents that they brought to Jesus. So we don't really know how many wise men actually travelled to find a new baby king, but with all their servants and entourage, there would have certainly been more than three people sitting on camels.
0: Studying the stars in the night sky, the wise men had seen a new and very unusual new star and knew that it told of the birth of a special king. Even now, no one really knows what the star was, but there have been, and still are, several theories. These include supernovas, comets, conjunctions, that is when two or more planets come together in the sky, or something that was completely supernatural.
2: That's right Steve, there certainly was a large amount of amazing activity in the sky over Israel at the time, and I'm certain that God could have arranged all that excitement in the sky since the dawn of creation to announce the birth of his own son. If you'd like to know more what the star might have been, then go and check out the Star of Bethlehem page in the Christmas Customs section of whychristmas.com. So thinking that a new king had been born, the wise men headed to the royal palace in Jerusalem, but they didn't quite find what they were looking for. When Herod, and you might have recognised him, asked the wise men to find Jesus and tell him where he was, he certainly didn't want to go and worship him, instead he really wanted to kill him, as Herod thought that Jesus sounded like a new king that could come and take his power away. The gifts that the wise men gave to Jesus might seem a bit strange things to give to a baby, but Christians believe that they had the following meanings. Gold is associated with kings, and Christians believe that Jesus is the king of kings. Frankincense is sometimes used in worship in churches, and showed that people would worship Jesus. Myrrh is a perfume that is put on dead bodies to make them smell nice, and showed that Jesus would suffer and die. Frankincense and myrrh also have antiseptic healing properties, and they're still being used by medical people today. All three gifts are things that come from the east of Israel in Arabia. When the wise men were about to go back to Herod and tell him where Jesus was, they were warned by God in a dream not to, so they travelled home by a different route. Because
0: Herod didn't find out the location of this new king, he decided that the only sure way to kill him was to kill every baby boy under two years old in Bethlehem and the surrounding area. There is proof in historical records that Herod had baby boys killed in 4 B.C., so Jesus being born about 5 to 7 B.C. makes even more sense. Probably only about 20 babies would have been killed, but even to consider such a slaughter shows what a megalomaniac Herod really was. But this sad event also fulfilled another prophecy in the Bible about children being killed in Israel. But God warned Joseph in a dream, so he escaped to Egypt
2: with Mary and Jesus. So Jesus was actually a refugee as a baby. The presents that were given to Jesus were highly valuable, and they still are, and it's thought that they could have paid for the escape into Egypt. Herod was very old and ill at the time that he ordered the babies to be killed. He suffered from an extreme case of delusional paranoia and killed anyone who posed even the slightest threat.
0: And if you thought Herod sounded like a bad king, Archelaus was much worse. So when Joseph, Mary and Jesus returned from Egypt, they went back to live in their hometown of Nazareth rather than returning to Bethlehem. Nazareth had a different ruler than Bethlehem because it was in the kingdom of Galilee, not Judea. Over the years, especially during the Middle Ages, many different stories and legends were told of
2: the three kings, and they were given names. If you'd like to know more about the wise men, then go to the Christmas story section of whychristmas.com. And new this year in the fun section, you can make a magi. Well, actually, all three of them. I love that one, James.
0: It's so cute. Well, make sure you come back to hear the final Christmas Day edition of the show. We'll certainly be having some fun then, and we'll be telling a few Christmas jokes and attempting to say Merry Christmas in some different languages. For James Cooper, I'm Steve Webb, and thank you for listening to the LifeSpring Why Christmas Show. The players on today's show, in order of appearance, Wise Man Number 1 was Ron Plouffe. His website is griddlecakes.com. Wise Man Number 2 was Ron Stroop from ronstroop.com. Wise Man Number 3 was Rev Tim from revtim.com. The part of Herod was played by my co-host on the LifeSpring White Christmas show, James Cooper. His website is whychristmas.com. The angel was, of course, Bob Sauer from bobsauer.com that your narrator was some guy off the street. James and I would like to extend our very special thanks to all the players who helped make possible this presentation of the Christmas story. They're all very talented people and friends of mine from the music, voiceover, and podcasting worlds. Please visit their websites and find out more about them. I'm sure you'll be glad you did. As always, links are at lifespringychristmas.com